0: Welcome into Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. It is free. Also, my new show on OnSideRadio.com resumes on Monday. That's every day Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. FiveReasonsSports.com. That's where you find Brady Hawk's latest articles on the Miami Heat, but we cover all the other local teams in town. And we also want to thank our sponsors. Make sure you check them out. Supporting them, supports us, including the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They've been with us since the very beginning. They're based in North Miami. If you've been hurt in a car accident or a slip and fall, call the law offices of Seltzer Mayberg. That's at 855-5000-LAW. 855-5000-LAW. Go to onecalllegal.com. That's one Call legal.com. If you mention five reasons, you'll get a free consultation. That's right, a free consultation by mentioning five reasons. They got 24-7 availability. They'll make sure they work, you'll work directly with an attorney to get you the compensation that you deserve. Again, it's the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They cover more than just the slip and falls and the car accidents. If you have an immigration issue or anything else, they have an attorney for you. Call eight five 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 thousand Law. And now Today's
2: episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander. part of the Five Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. Unexpected episode we planned on going last night. We pushed it back a day, and there is news. It's not major news because nothing has happened yet, but one of the, one of the players we've talked about on Five on the Floor as a possible heat target is John Collins of the Atlanta Hawks. If you're not that familiar with him, played at Wake Forest, but before that, he played at Cardinal Newman in the West Palm Beach area, so he's from this area. There's a video that's circulating out there on Twitter he did with Trey Young, where he was asked if he wanted to play for any other team, what would that team be? And he basically said, well, he didn't basically said, he said the Miami Heat. And then today, a report from Sam Amick, who we trust, one of the better reporters covering the NBA, Sam reported that the Atlanta Hawks are open to trading John Collins. Now they did not work out an extension with John Collins. Last year he averaged 20 and 12. Uh this year his shooting line is pretty tremendous actually. It's like I think it's 54 his splits are like 54% from the field, 41% from 3 and over oh, close to 85% from the line while averaging about 18 and 9 on the season. So he's an elite young big, 23 years old, but the Hawks don't seem to see him as part of their future. And of course, the Miami Heat's biggest hole is at the four spot next to Bam Adebayo, local guy. So this started our text string flying today. Greg, why is he an attractive option to the Heat?
1: I mean, you just laid it all out there. And I just think that the fit next to Bam, like we talk so much about all these targets and Oladipo's and Beal's. And and yes, I mean, obviously, Bradley Beal is unbelievable and, and he's out of this world. But when you really look at the roster as presently constructed, John Collins is the type of player that fits next to Bam, provided that a few things unfold, which we're going to talk about. Um, Like he's the perfect fit. I feel like that he is the type of player that they can mold into the right type of defensive fit. And then just the offensive stuff he brings, the athletic stuff he brings, the timeline that fits well with this younger team, it would show a commitment to like – a build that they're going to stick with. And I think that there's some um there's something to be said for that. And I also think that Jimmy, despite everyone always looking at how old he is in his timeline, he would actually be um he, he would be about that kind of situation. So I'm all in on John Collins.
0: Um Alex again when we talk about what the Heat need more, I think most of us come to the conclusion that that a A player next to bam. I I don't know if it has to be a four. It has to be a five, but it has to be a player next to bam. I mean, they went through a number of different options last year. Myers Leonard was the starter. And then Jay Crowder came in, but not as many options as they did have this year. And they pretty much played eight different guys next to bam. They've kind of settled for now on Kelly Olenek, but he's in the last year of his contract. We know he's inconsistent. Um, and then, you know, it's been Iguodala, it's been maybe Jimmy at times. It's been, uh, they tried Mo Harkless uh, and, and there just doesn't seem to be a great option there for them just on the surface. If I could say to you, you could have a young big, uh, to play next to Bam with what seems to be somewhat of a complimentary set And we'll talk about that more, or you could have a bucket getter in the backcourt, a guy like an Oladipo, somebody like that. Who do you choose?
2: I think you already know my answer from, from the text string, but. I lean towards the guard and it's not necessarily about the position thing, because I think we could all agree, like you said, is having somebody next to bam. And you know, that's kind of what matters. That's where the obvious hole is this season. But as far as maxing somebody, I would rather go for somebody who I think can raise the ceiling of this team. And maybe John Collins can, I'm, I think John Collins, by the way, is a really talented and really has been a really productive player in the NBA in his time in Atlanta but I'm just not as sure about the fit. And then, you know, we're going to get into the price point of what it would cost to trade for him and what that would look like. And then, you know, the fact that he's going to expect something near whatever his max money is, I'm just not as sure about the fit to that degree. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't, I'm not sure about Collins on defense. And that's what really troubles me because I think that's kind of something that they should be looking at, uh, for that position, as as far as a long-term fit is somebody who can really help them to, uh, turn into a better defensive team in the playoffs who could do multiple things. Maybe Collins could turn into that guy. I'm just not nearly as sure about it. I think he's a really talented offensive player. And, you know, uh, I was talking about it with Nikias, and he made a really good point, like he always does. Uh, Shout out to Dunker Spot podcast. Once again, uh, Collins would be nice for when BAM switches out onto a perimeter player. And, you know, he could be the weak side rim protector, which he's okay at. But in general, he's not really a four or a five on defense, and that's kind of what troubles me about him. The rest of his game is really, 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 uh, like, intriguing to me because he's a great scorer. He's a very good rebounder. They could use help there. But, like, having to give up guys like Duncan or Tyler Hero, whatever the package would look like, and then having to max him to be your long-term fit, I'm not there yet. I would have to see it first. And it's hard. It's It's a really interesting conversation.
0: Well, let me start with a couple of quick counters and then I'll go to Greg and we're going to talk about, as you said, price point. There's really two price points to discuss, what it takes to get the player and what you have to pay the player. Okay, but as far as the defense thing, the only counter that I would offer to that is he seems to have the athletic ability to play defensively. I don't know that he's necessarily been coached to play defensively. And and I remember a conversation that I had with Chris Bosh late in his heat tenure, where he basically told me, I was a terrible defender when I came to Miami and I didn't even know if I could be a good defender. And then it took me a year to realize how bad a defender I was and another year to figure out I could be a good defender. And we know that, Chris Bosh ended up becoming maybe the best pick and roll defender in the entire league. Um, I'm not saying you can do that with every defensive player, but it does seem to me that John Collins has more of a defensive skill set than maybe a Duncan Robinson does. There's more to work with there. I would think, I mean, the athletic ability is clearly there. He plays above the rim defensively. Uh, I don't see why they couldn't turn him into maybe not a plus defender right away, but at least an average defender. But the other thing going through the numbers, Greg, I mean, you're talking about a guy from the 2017 draft that they considered drafting. They took out of bio instead. You look at all the metrics. Bam out of Bio has been, I mean, I mean, you can argue he's been the better big because again, more contra- contribution to winning. Um, but statistically, the only big who's been there with him has been John Collins from that draft. I mean, the other guy's Jared Allen, who was basically given away. Um, I think we agree that Bam's a better player than Jared Allen. But my thing is this. Okay, and this is why I wasn't all in on Harden. All right. First thing, Harden's 31. Second thing, Collins is a little bit. So Collins is closer to Bam's timeline at 23. Okay, so you're building with the two of them together, but he's good enough now to help Jimmy get over the hump at this stage. I'm looking at the big options for them over the next two years that could become available with this kind of skill set that would potentially fit next to Bam, who's already proven it in the league to a degree those guys don't exist. I mean, Laurie Markkinen is not going to give you defensively what Collins potentially could. So from that, what is, what is the baseline, Greg, for what you would give up and what is the top end?
1: Wow. This gets, this is where the conversation gets particularly interesting um, because so he only makes $4.1 million. And in my opinion, it, makes the most sense to try to acquire him now versus wait until the off season and do a sign and trade. Um, and there's a lot of implications and moving parts there and nothing is impossible. Like make no mistake of that, but I think it is much cleaner for them if they have the ability to acquire him now. Um, and the interesting part of that is that the heat actually have a few young players that, don't have these really large salaries that would make salary matching an issue and they would be able to put together a package. So then the question becomes like, how, how good of a package are you willing to put together? For me, uh, from their perspective, I would imagine they would want precious. I feel like, like having a young big to put back into their pipeline um, in place of John Collins, even though they're already crowded in the front court, I would imagine that would be a starting point there. Uh, And then to me, I think we probably land on the Duncan Robinson conversation because um, I don't see them even thinking uh, I don't even they wouldn't even consider Tyler Hero for John Collins. It's not even remotely a possibility. So it would be about this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do
0: if you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash Miami
1: Heat. Duncan Robinson and who would you rather pay? You know, he turned down a $90 million contract, John Collins did. Who are you willing to pay 18 to 20 million? Do you want it to be Collins or do you want it to be Duncan?
2: Okay. Wouldn't Collins be demanding more than that though? That's kind of where it's, also been uh, bothering me here. Correct.
1: No, there's no doubt about it. His max would be much higher. And that is, um, you know, another thing that gets weird with the sign and trade stuff because you then you're hard capped. And then like, if you want to keep other guys, it can get super tricky.
2: So to me, then the thing becomes right. Besides that point that maybe Collins would be slightly more expensive to me, which is a secondary point other than does Collins offensive impact, which is what he's bringing you and the rebounding, of course, is that going to help you more in the short term than Duncan Robinson? And that's the part where I'm really like, I'm not sure. Cause I think Duncan Robinson has elite offensive impact, especially for somebody that's not, uh, you know, a superstar or an all star type player for, you know, that type of level of guy that he is. I think he has that impact as it is. Whereas Collins, you're kind of hypothetically talking about how it may or may not come true. I just don't see it. Cause to me, if you take away that threat, like I, I would love to have Collins there and Robinson, yeah. like that would be awesome. Right. And again, like the, the, the defense stuff comes into issue, but that's going to be a problem if you trade Duncan or not. Right. And like, if you had them together, that would be great. But if you're taking away that level of shooting and your spacing, all of a sudden relies on Tyler, who is a good shooter. You still have Goron, But it's uh, not the same.
1: No, you're right. Like I get so it. it. Like especially this season, like in trying to like make a run now, to unplug Duncan from what this system is built around and and the things that they do. And when he's firing on all cylinders, how dangerous it all becomes. I think that that's a really bold move, particularly when you don't know how Collins will fit. So I, I I'm leaning in the direction of saying as much as I, I think it's a fun transaction to, to think about. I don't know that it makes a ton of sense basketball wise, if it includes Duncan. And then at that point, I don't know that you can get him. Um, And then, you know, we're kind of back to square one where I I still, I can't shake the the feeling that we may go down the road of a really patient trade deadline. And then they see if they can consolidate guys to go get a Bradley Beal or a bigger name. I don't know. I just, I, I don't think that these fringe moves, the more I've thought about it, I don't think that they're going to happen.
0: Well, but see, I, this is more than a fringe move. I mean, I, I, I think, I mean, there, there's a place between a fringe move, like going to get a Derek Rose and going to get a guy who you may come in a max deal too. Like, I mean, it, and look, the problem, the problem in the NBA is always, you know, when we talk about max deals, you know, there are max players and then there are players who get maxes. And, and the problem is that we see a lot of players who get maxes, you know, you got a LeBron James gets a max and that's a max player. You get a Giannis who gets a max and that I'm not saying that the numbers are all the same, but I'm just saying certain guys get maxes and they are maxes in, in real life. They're carry a franchise players. This, I don't know that this is a carry a franchise player, but then the reason I could see the heat getting all in on it is what I said earlier, which is okay. Who are you going to pair with bam? Like, what is the piece out there? Is it Lori Markinen? I mean, I, I don't, you know, no. is it right or or are you just going to keep patching this position or do you believe it's precious ultimately, but you won't even play precious with Bam now. So uh, th- this is why. I don't want to say the heat are desperate, but they're kind of desperate for a player like this. Okay. And and that's why I might be more more all in it. All right, we're gonna talk. We got one more part of this that I want to get to, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about it in, f- in future days. Before we do, though, before the weekend, sign up for prizepicks.com, use the code five F I V E. Everybody on our network's having a really good time with this, except me, because I've been losing lately. But give it a shot. Go to prizepicks.com. You can play basketball. You can play well during football season, you could have played that. When baseball season starts, you can do that, but you can even play highlight now. You can play tennis we've got guys who are playing soccer Um, you can combine athletes from different sports essentially all you got to do is go over or under their fantasy projection and then pair them with other athletes then decide you want to do a power play and go all in you want to hedge a little bit and play flex play just take twenty dollars sign up deposit prizepicks.com. This is the new way to play daily fantasy. They got the single stat categories. If You think Jimmy's going to go over 23.5 points. You go over, think he's going to go under, you go under, and then you can do the same with BAMS rebounds and, and on and on. So go to prizepicks.com and use the code five. All right. Um, the one other part to this that, that we've, we've sort of gotten into a little bit today um, is we started talking about depot some in that context. And, and, you know, I just, <laughs> You know, Heat fans are throwing out all these crazy possibilities. Can you get Collins and Depot? And Depot's hurt now again. Um, I, I continue to hear that the Heat are not really in on Ella Depot, okay, that there, there's still a lot of the same concerns there, there were before. But, Alex, let me ask you this. Like you said, you're more in on the scorer. My, my attitude on scorers is that they're easier to find, okay, than sort of, you know, bigs with elite skill sets who can also step outside, can play the modern See. game, can step outside, can play above the rim. I mean, is is Oladipo the level of player that you would say would be more worthy of potentially a max deal than John Collins?
2: So to me, it's not about the scoring aspect alone. To me, I'm prioritizing the two way player aspect. like yeah, I've, like I've I been. I have that. That's the part to me. And you know, you know, maybe it's ideal. Maybe it's it's more of a philosophical thing than anything. Like I just think they really need to fix that perimeter defense. And I would, if they can get a guy who can function as multiple things for them, including a point of attack defender who isn't limited, extremely limited as an offensive player like Avery Bradley is, who can pretty much just shoot and occasionally come off a screen and shoot. Um, like, I think Oladipo will be, you know, in theory, a really nice addition. I understand he hasn't been all that efficient for Houston this year, but um, they don't have a lot of spacing in that offense. I saw that in when, when, when they played the Rockets the other night and Oladipo would not be playing that role where he's just getting, you know, he's kind of just watching, John Wall, uh, dribble, dribble, dribble. And then when he does get the ball, he's setting high pick and roll and just kind of doing his own thing. Like we know that's not the offense that the Heat run. They're moving the ball around and he wouldn't be that type of guy. So that's why I just kind of like the idea of somebody who wouldn't change everything for them. Maybe you could acquire him without having to give up a Duncan Robinson. I don't know, maybe not. But I would prefer somebody who can cover up their actual problems first and foremost and give you the ceiling razor. I just don't. I'm not nearly as sold about the defensive potential with Collins as as you guys are. Maybe that changes, and maybe I'll be wrong about it. I, like I said, the weak side rim protection when Bam switches it would be nice. Like they don't have a great version of that right now. But as far as a switching four who can do Crowder stuff and maybe more, like a Harrison Barnes, a Thad Young, P.J. Tucker, he isn't that type of player, and I'm just not sold about trading for him at that price point. Maybe I sound ridiculous because I wouldn't have said this about Duncan Robinson. Perhaps a year, year and a half ago, like we, he was an athlete, but the guy that he's turned into, um, I'm just worried about trading him for somebody that I'm not sure about the fit with like that.
1: Yeah. Collins, the other thing is conditioning. And I think that sometimes we underestimate when guys get in the, in the heat's Conditioning program and get in different shape and build their bodies, what they can do defensively and what what might happen. But when you go back to Depot, this is why I flinch. And even though the two-way stuff you mentioned is all viable, and I'm with you, like that two-way potential is why he's been such an intriguing option, the point of a deck defense, the, the 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 offensive creation. But when you have um coach Steven Silas saying that Ola Depot is undergoing tests to determine the severity of the injury and it's related to the foot slash ankle. I just start to get weirder and weirder about thinking about committing anything to Victor Oladipo. I feel like this is getting to be a, a precarious situation with him as he heads towards free agency.
2: Yeah, I think it's tough with, with Oladipo. Like this this obviously makes it a lot tougher, uh, the injury stuff, because I, we, we don't have any read on that. And what you're telling me probably doesn't sound great. That's, you know, the Oladipo stuff, is like I said, is in theory with a healthy Oladipo who's recovering and kind of getting better and better in a lesser role and just kind of focusing on the defense and, and adding an offensive punch. But in general, I'm just not as sure, man. Like, I think Collins looks really, really great when he's rolling to the rim. And, you know, he can shoot. He can really shoot. But he's he's taking about three and a half, uh, threes a game. He's not exactly a volume shooter. And if you're just going to have him sitting at three a lot of time and, he's, and he isn't rolling to the rim, I wonder if you're going to get diminishing returns and he's just going to end up averaging like, you know, 13 and nine. And it's not just about the – the you know the box score production but if he's going to give you 13 and 9 and the defense isn't great because that's just kind of the way their offense flows is that going to be worth duncan and a max a max slot
0: i think we need to do an entire episode on duncan we, we've been saying that for about a week i, I think we'll do i feel that like so. we've done like
2: seven episodes well, no, on duncan but, no, but no, with other we really conversations to, we, i
0: think we really need to break it down like it, 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 because it, it, it play every, every conversation we have about pretty much any other player is do you include duncan and i keep saying are they going to pay exactly. duncan uh, so so I, I, I feel like we need to evaluate that. Uh, I, I'm thinking maybe we bring Bobby Marks on or somebody like that to kind of talk about that. So that, that's, that'll be our goal this week uh, to get Bobby or Andy something Ellesburg. like that. I like that. i to talk about it. All right. Well, yeah, actually, that's not it. That's not a bad idea. Ever heard I'm of Greg Slyvander, Alex Toledo, Ethan Skolnick. Obviously, uh, follow all of us. We'll be back over the weekend. They play Utah. So we'll obviously have coverage of that. Check out the YouTube channel as well. Prizepicks.com. Use the code five. And if you have any kind of legal issue, reach out to the official attorneys of the Five Reasons Sports Network, the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. Again, you can find them at onecalllegal.com.